pretty much my designated role is just simply production, like all media, all graphics, all like live stuff, videos, everything that you see on a screen, NSIG related, that's pretty much me uh, behind that stuff. Contrast does a lot of the management, pretty much like the gears and grinds behind everything. He does the social media stuff too on Twitter with like the legacy players of the week. Anytime I need him to promote something is like, you'll put this through, but he's also in charge of managing the whole discord. Uh, he's also the main CEO for all of the tournaments that we run. Um, yeah, he's pretty much like the gears and the muscle behind everything. I'm the one that just makes everything look pretty, I guess. Welcome to the second episode of Brahalla Origins. On this show, I interview notable members of the Brahalla community to talk to them about how they found Brahalla and progress to how involved they are with the community today. On today's episode, I interviewed Sandwick and Contrast. They're the co-creators of the Insect Clan, Community, and Series of Tournaments. Brahalla Origins is presented by Brawl Academy. Brawl Academy will provide the most advanced and detailed Brahalla courses and coaching, specifically meant for helping beginner-level Brahalla players get to Diamond. A small group will be allowed early access to Brawl Academy in late October, but if you want help quickly, replay reviews and coaching are now available. Sign up over at brawlacademy.com for more info. And with that, on with the show. Sandwick, Contrast, welcome to Brawlhalla Origins. How are you guys doing? I'm doing uh, great. I'm, I'm outside at 5 o'clock with forecasting it's supposed to be thunderstorming, so this podcast could go very wrong very shortly, but that's okay. That We're sounds, here. I mean, it sounds like content to me, not gonna lie. That does sound like content um all right well let's go ahead and dive right in uh how how did you guys get into brawlhalla like how long ago did you start playing how long okay december 2015 i know that but how many years is that it's about to be eight years that is actually a long time yeah eight Eight years years, yeah jeez i i I can answer this question pretty specifically it was because i was the one that found it in our friend group Okay. For those for those of you that don't know, me and Sandwick have been friends since sixth grade, so it's about to hit ten years now. Yeah. We're, we're we're like that. We're like that. And uh, in uh 2015, we were in seventh grade. I was 12 years old. I had a Mac, so we we used to play games together a lot. I had an iMac. If you know about iMacs in 2015, <laughs> bro, the, two, the 2006 iMac, bro, that jump went through everything. <laughs> yeah. oh my but, uh, my, my computer was not very good for gaming, so I, I was trying to find stuff that I could run it on, and I saw Brawlhalla there. It was a free game that was in open beta for like barely a month now, or at the time. So I, I just downloaded it. I tried it out. I told all my friends to download it, including Mr. Sandwick here. And uh, we, we've been hooked on it since then. So I, yeah. I was a really long time ago thinking about yeah. it. So in a 2015 would be like, is that open beta time at that point? Or is it? Yeah, it was, yeah. the open beta was very new. Okay. It was, it was like less than a month into when it was open. Oh, okay. Okay, that makes sense. Because I started uh, end of 2016, right after the first BCX. So, like, a whole year had passed between when you guys had started and when I joined the community. Um, so, just for everybody's context, you guys have been playing since the end of 2016. How frequently do you play 
today? Is it still pretty regularly or uh, less so? Or I would say I I checked like I think a couple days ago. I had like 44, 45 hours. I still I still have like 200 rank games or no 200 wins. So like 300 rank games. I want to say clocked in. Okay, that's more like, than me. Nowadays, <laughs> nowadays I, I literally just hop on for the new season. I'll get Valhalla. And then I'll only ever touch the game again if I need to like kill time for like an hour. Like I'll okay. just hop in the queue, play a couple games and that's it. But I have like 44, 45 like hours past two weeks. Gotcha. Contrast? And for me, I honestly, I rarely play nowadays. I play, if there's a new battle pass, I go to finish the battle pass and I'll play ranked to do it. So I'll probably get up to like 2300 maybe. And that's about it. I, I don't even think I hit 100 wins in the past like three or four seasons. No. Oh, wow yeah okay um you guys started insig together right yeah can you tell me a little bit about like the beginnings of insig how that got started um who who had the idea and then originally it was just a clan right it wasn't actually kind of like what it became today so kind of walk me through like what was the origin? What's kind of like the timeline for, for what it ended up becoming? Okay, this this might be kind of a long answer. Kind kind of a long, bro. Okay. I'm happy I'm outside. <laughs> but yeah, no, this is definitely a long answer. It was, it was my idea. But okay. the way it started back then, when we first started playing Brawl in late 2015, it was me and Sandwick and bunch of our IRL friends and we were playing it every day like hours on end during winter break and then when summer break rolled around every day hours on end brawlhalla 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 we would watch all the death streams together you know all that but then I want to say probably like a year and a half later by the time 2017 came around most of them had stopped playing it was pretty much just me and Sandwick and Sandwick was not good. I'm sorry, Sandwick, but you were not good at the game. It's, it's, was, yeah, that's how it was. Like, he was like maybe 16 or 1700 at the time, and I was like 21 or 2200. So I I was I was going out. I was trying to get good at the game because BCX 2016 was my introduction to Brawl Esports, and I loved it like, a lot. So I started watching every tournament. I, I started going on Discord. I joined Brawl League because they said they mentored people. So I, I wanted to get good. I joined um I joined the Forge. I joined, <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> I, yeah, I, I joined a bunch of Discord servers. I joined Clan Holla at the time. I, I wanted to join a clan and see if I could find other other people around my skill level to get better with because I've always been a pretty competitive person. But uh, I just I just feel like a lot of the clans there didn't really align with what I wanted, or they weren't just like active enough, and I was bored. So I told Sandwick and my friends at the time who were like the first members of Ensig. It was uh, me Sandwick, and then it was right side of Panda, mm -hmm. one Oz, and someone else i don't think i can say his name on here but we'll just call him chris i was like i was like is he gonna say it i'm like oh yeah no. yeah 
Yeah, if if you guys have been around the Brawler community for a while, you you would probably know him as. I a mean, you you could say you could say the name he was assigned at CEO. Okay, Spigums. Oh oh <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah 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 the Azoth player. Um, I got all of them to start a clan with me, and I I didn't know what to call it, and I was a Cassidy player at the time. Hammer Ensig has was always so broken. I love the move. It was my favorite move. And then they used to hit grounded too, believe it or not. It was it was horrible. Bro, I think I think like every hammer answer at the time was just so cursed. Yeah. Yeah. I was I was a Cassidy N6 Bemer. I didn't know what to call the clan at the time, so I was like, whatever, I'm gonna just be funny. I'm gonna call it NSIG. I'll probably change the name eventually. I never changed the name. Nah. But, it stuck. It, it yeah, definitely it stuck. stuck. Um, that's how the clans. And then at this point, you guys have transitioned into like organizing and running tournaments and different types of events uh, and things like that for the Brawlhalla community. Like, how did that get started? Uh, so I want to say we started like at 2020, I think. Yeah. yeah, 2020. We did our first tournament. It was like Shadows and Silhouettes. We did it, I think, for a $600 prize pool. Granted, there was no BCTI back then. There mm -hmm. was no like... Like, the only tournaments that ever really got sponsored back then were just, like, Brawl League and maybe Estachal. I don't know if Estachal's events got sponsored back during 2020, but it e was, like... Oh, yeah. And e what's he's Oh, yeah, yeah. Esports for you, too. But a lot of our <clears> beginning <throat> events weren't sponsored by, like, Brawlhalla at all. And we were going into it thinking, like, okay, how do we make these tournaments? Like, not only do we make them as close to, like, the officials level in terms of, like, how the stream looks... But also just like more fun for people in general because you even look at like our tournaments today we are not professional well we are professional but like very lax in terms of like how we deliver that stuff with, sure. with like what the casters do like the overall tone etc right but that's what we established back in like 2020 with shouts and silhouettes uh that was our first tournament we got like i think 300 or 400 concurrent viewers for that stream wow. and we were just like we were like, how? Like, this is our first event. We had, like, all these top players competing. We ha we had, like, a funny little, like, trailer for it. I I, I don't remember if uh, if it was for that tournament or that one after, but we were going into that thinking, like, how do we, like, how do we, like, put ourselves, like, separate from everybody else doing community events um, to, like, get as close, like, as the officials would? Because we thought there was, like, a lot of room for improvement. Mm -hmm. um, but that's where we started with Shouts and Silhouettes. Then I think we did we did Ensig Ascended, right? It was either Ensig Ascended or or Trials. It might have been Ascended. We did Ascended. It just it was again us just like self-funding these tournaments for like six hundred like dollars or whatever, right? So it was already above like the normal amount for like a community event. And then eventually, when we started getting sponsored by Brahalla for those events, that's when we did like Ensig Trials. And as we did like every single stream, every single like tournament. Granted, we weren't, like, where we are today, but a lot of the objective was, like, how can we stand out to making, like, the coolest stuff ever, I guess, and that's what mm. led up into now. Yeah. So, peel the curtain back a little and kind of explain what both of you primarily work on as, a, like, at NSIG these days. Because I know, like, a lot of... Uh, there's there's like a lot of stuff happening on social media. Uh, there's like the legacy players of the of the day or the week uh, posts that are going up all the time, and those are really cool. And then I know Sandwick, you do a lot of production stuff, right? 
Yeah, so pretty much my designated role is just simply production, like all media, all graphics, all like live stuff, videos, everything that you see on a screen, NSIG related, that's pretty much me uh, behind that stuff. Contrast does a lot of the management of pretty much like the gears and grinds behind everything. He does the social media stuff too on Twitter with like the legacy players of the week. Anytime I need him to promote something is like, yo, put this through. But he's also in charge of managing the whole Discord. Uh, he's also the main CEO for all of the tournaments that we run. Um, yeah, he's pretty much like the gears and the muscle behind everything. I'm the one that just makes everything look pretty, I guess. I don't know. Nice. Okay. Um, anything you want to add to that contrast? Or I mean, he, he pretty much summed it up. Okay. Um, so both of you have been pretty active in the community, both as part of NSIG and like otherwise, uh, you've both come to LAN events. You've both kind of like, kind of dug yourselves into the community quite a bit. How, aside from NSIG, how did you go about kind of finding where it was that you fit into the community and, and how did it feel when you kind of found that place? Uh, we'll start with contrast like, system. Yeah. Yeah. Am I still lagging? Am I good? You're good right now. You're good. Okay. I'll, I'll answer this one then. So, uh, I'm going to go back to 2017 when I mentioned that I started joining a bunch of Discord servers because I, I wanted to get more into the Brawlhalla community and I, I wanted to get good at the game. Um, I made some friends in in brawl league and i made some friends in the forge believe it or not <laughs> um that I, I started talking to every day again shout out spigums shout out one oz shout out samantha probably why not uh, a lot of those people i started talking to and i started i started sparring a lot with people that were better than me you know getting getting better at the game getting more involved with the community and eventually when i ended up making NSIG, i started inviting as many people as i could to their server and to their clan and whatnot and um i, I kind of using using spigum's skill i guess because he was he was really good at the game he would recruit so many like ranked nutters at the time we would call them oh like we lost sandwich he, he would recruit he would recruit a okay. lot of people from the ranked queue and you would see nowadays like Snowy's, Akoi, Van Thurl, um, Dad, people like that. We got a bunch of people into NSIG and we just started playing together and getting good at the game together. And we became friends. And then a lot of us en ended up starting going to lands and just being more involved with the community in general. Back then. How about you, Sandwich? Uh, kind of a similar story. I would just go into like different communities that pretty much contrast us in between like Brawl League, uh, The Forge. I don't think we talked much in like Clan Hala. It was just kind of there to be set up there. In terms of like how I became stapled, not regrettably, but like unfortunately it was like trying to be like the odd one, like sending out, the, I like we could talk about it, pancakes and mayo. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I don't, I well, yeah, no, it's, we can talk about it. It's a podcast for a reason. I could just elaborate yeah. on it. So, I mean, I was going to bring it up in a bit. So, I mean, yeah. we can dive into it now if you so, want. Unfortunately, that's like pretty much what put me on in terms of people knowing me. It was like, 
I, I I don't know what Discord it was. We were just talking about food. And I like brought up that that was like something I ate. Cause like in the morning, right? I I didn't have like uh like butter, I think, to make like pancake batter. So I used like mayo instead and it was good. And I said that at the time, like I'm like, okay, yeah, that's why you like pancakes and mayo. Uh, but then I even tried like mixing the mayo within the batter itself instead of like as a cooking basis. I was like vibing with it too. So I kind of like made that like my gag, I guess, of just like uh like I was eating that. And people were like, what the heck? Like even got to the point to where like I made that my name on um on Steam one time and there was like a Brahala dev stream and Foda pointed it out. He's like, bro, what like vile creature would do this? And it's the Foda <laughs> Pro puts that like clip, that little Twitch clip of him saying that on like his YouTube video. And at that point, I'm just like, okay, well, that's just a staple, I guess. I'm like the pancakes video okay. guy. Um, so that lasted for, I want to say, like a year or so. Uh, I just went around trying to meet with more like community people. Um, and then I kind of led into making like the Discord entity to where that's where uh, we were just like talking with most people. That's kind of like how I got put on the map, I guess. It was less like uh, me as like a competitive player didn't really get shown until like later 2018 i wasn't really into esports like that mm -hmm. until like 2018 i want to say but before that it was just like me messing around and whatnot just being involved in like a lot of active brahala discords uh i somehow became a forge rep at plat that's how you know <laughs> that place was doomed bro bro let me, yeah. they put me as as the axe rep even though i i think my highest level at the time was like a level 20 jala um, and I played like Bodvar only and I was like plat and they put me as like the axe rep and at that point I'm just like yeah this place is doomed the only contribution I ever made to there was like removing Silight Nair GCD light because everybody <laughs> wanted it removed anyway so I'm like yo let's put this on they're like okay and then that got gutted out um, that's amazing but yeah, that's pretty much how I got put on how uh <laughs> So Insic at this point has kind of become, it's a pretty popular Discord, I think, especially for people that are into esports. Um, it also, I believe, has probably the highest rate that like top players in the game tend to chat compared to other places in the community. Um, I think that's partially a consequence of like, Insic was where a lot of up and coming players tended to hang out um a couple of years ago and now those up-and-coming players are like kind of big names yeah. how how did you go about kind of attracting all of that all, all all of these people all of that talent that uh how did insect become such a concentrated sort of like community of really good players i guess i can i could generalize this part so we i think it was like 2018 or so we started doing like cbs against like a ton of other clans and at the time, one of our more prominent players, Spigums, was, like, going crazy, just going off, right? So a lot of, like, other old top players would, like, go into the Discord, like, try to see what was up with, like, him and other up-and-comers, like Stingray and whatnot. And as we did, like, more CBs, as, like, those players started to pop off more and more, you would you would see, like, a ton of, like, old pros go into NSIG and, you know, discussing stuff with those new pros. And then that kind of, like, snowballed eventually into where... And it became this place where like anything competitive, anything like esports related was just talked about there because that kind of started at like the the smallest level of like just doing CBs and whatnot and 
tracking like what players like which players were good so yeah, on the like no go ahead to contrast sorry uh, yeah I, I just wanted to add or kind of reiterate like what he was talking about with spigums we did a lot of crew battles back then we did a lot of um in-house tournaments a lot of sparring with each other and it was just like people that we would find in rank we would just add them to the server and we would start playing with with each other a lot and it got it got really competitive like everyone there had a gigantic ego you could feel it and people people just wanted to be really good like pickums again we, we had a bunch of 25 2600 level players who were just grinding every day and that started showing more in ranked people would see our name because we had a bunch of people that were grinding the game all the time it started showing more in community tournaments as well like I brought up esports for you earlier, mm -hmm. Spigums. I, I want to say he won like at least ten esports for you events, and people would watch them because that was like the only community tournament league that was there back then. And you would see people like Ethan and Tiffany and Boomy and Hillyu and other top players at the time playing in them, and a lot of them would be like losing to Spigums or going even with them. So people were like, "Who is this guy?" And then we would invite them to Ensig, and then you would see like the all the other up and coming players talking there as well and just playing with each other and eventually those up and comers like back then we had experience and made and paula radish and other people that you know nowadays were up and coming back then they're top players now and all of their friends a lot of them came from NSIG or they met each other in NSIG just because that's where a lot of up-and-comers back then would start talking. I kind of want to come back to the community management aspect of things a little bit because you mentioned that like a lot of players kind of had egos and everybody wanted to be better and that is like really common in like a competitive setting, right? How, how do you guys deal with... Um, sort of managing the community that is NSIG at this point. Because I know for a little while, the, the community got a little bit of a reputation for not being a very welcoming place. And I feel like that's kind of improved significantly over the last couple of years. Um, can you can you talk to a little bit about like how that's changed and like what you guys have done to kind of make that better? Yeah, I, I can talk about that. So back in like 2020, this was before we we started doing like big tournaments. So I want to say like early 2020 and late 2019 as well. Uh, a lot of the people in the in the server were really toxic, <laughs> straight up. Like gigantic egos. They thought they were better than everyone. They wanted to be better than everyone. They talked a lot of trash. So like you would go into the server and you would see people just not being nice. Not, not very welcoming at all. And um, there was one incident in particular back then that happened with Sparky and Stingray. And a lot of people I noticed, I woke up, it was like nine in the morning and I woke up and I saw a bunch of people in NSYNC General like trying to, trying to back up Stingray and go after Sparky. And I was like, yo, like this is not cool. Like straight up. Like that's that's when it really opened my eyes that I needed to manage the server better, because mm. that, that was like a really messed up situation, and a lot of people got really mad. 
at NSYNC because of that. Right. And, um, I, that day or like that week in general, I um I went ahead. I banned a lot of the a lot of the very bad apples that were in the server, and I made like a long essay and announcements talking about how I'm going to update the rules and I'm gonna try try and be a more welcoming place because I I had noticed that I cultivated a um kind of like an area where there was a lot of really good players that were just like trying to fuel their egos. And I, I don't really know how to explain that better, but like I could tell it was a good thing, but at the same time, it wasn't a good thing. Mm. Well, at, at the time it wasn't a good thing, but I noticed that I could turn it into a good thing. Right. But like making it a more welcoming place. You know? And that's, that's kind of when I had the idea if we wanted to appeal more to the rest of the community, we could do a tournament. And I told Sandwick, hey, let's run a big tournament. Like you see Tricks has these tournaments. I was like, yo, why don't why don't we do our own tournament? I hit up my boy Exo. Shout out Exo. He taught me how to do everything RDG related. And we ended up running our own big tournament. And um just went up from there pretty much. Nice. Nice. Anything you want to add about community stuff, Sandwick? Uh, I guess kind of to generalize like that issue with like players just not knowing how to control their egos. It's literally a situation of like you have untrained, like you have people who are untrained in media. Mm -hmm. They're also 13 and 14. Yeah. So you just have like a bad mix of like people who could potentially just like ruin uh, how like competitive Brahalo looks to like the outside. It's like as soon as like Boomy, Sandstorm, all these other players, if they were to like quit, which some of them had, if a lot of these new players today didn't really like, I guess like crack down or like kind of get used to like not projecting their egos like that, like to their personality like that, I feel like a lot of the landscape today would be a lot more toxic. Yeah. Uh, not just in NSA, but like on Twitter in general, because it it was bad. It was really, really bad back then. Um. But I'd say like NSIG just so happened to be like that area in the in that time and place where it was like, okay, you want to get like all these new players to like kind of know what to do. It's just did that. Uh, and I want to say things got better roughly around like 2021. For sure, mm -hmm. like 2021 by then, everything smoothened out like a lot more. Right. Um, a lot more like older pros and just like people on the outside who had a negative outlook on NSYNC started to like turn like the other leaf I guess mm -hmm. not turn the other leaf but like kind of realize like oh they're actually becoming like something a lot more like they're they're not here to like play around and just go out they're like trying to make something cool out of that I guess yeah and I, that, that was the intention we had in the beginning uh but again it's like we ran into that issue of like we have pro players trying to like ego out do this not the third whether that's like of their own volition or them being influenced by other bad apples but that got filtered out and then we're here now bro this hurricane's about to go crazy oh my gosh um <laughs> yeah audio only listeners you're not seeing it it looks like like despair and agony is about to hit here i see the trees <laughs> right you see the webcam shaking <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm gonna i'm gonna move in a second but okay uh that's that's essentially how it went it was just like that grace period of like okay and sig's reputation's looking really bad right now in 2018 we could either just disband the clan 
and just stop everything and just chill or we could try to repair it we could take like the hard choice and try to repair it and mm -hmm. yeah there were there was probably a couple times where we wanted to just like not do unsick anymore and just like give it up and just mm -hmm. like kind of leave it as it is but we kind of sucked through we were just like hey we can get the community's trust again and just like go crazy and then that's what we did there there was also a point in time where i i was heavily heavily considering doing a full rebrand like changing the name changing the logo and just can, straight up can we it. can we talk about low-key why that was gonna sure. be a thing oh no i'm, I'm actually contrast okay so yeah like yeah. at the time we community's outlook was very bad on us and I was like, I wanted to turn NSYNC around and I wanted to show that NSYNC was turning around. So I figured that if we would like just straight up rebrand everything, people would see that I'm being serious about changing it up. And that, that was pretty much my thought process. I think we're, and, uh, Sand Sandwick is moving indoors because he's trying to not die in a hurricane. All right. But I, I remember as well in 2021, I, um, I sent a personalized message to Foda. It was very long. <laughs> and I was basically explaining to him that 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 whole thing with like the Sparky situation and NSA, that's never happening again. And like we're gonna we're gonna try and make our community be better so that we can we can do better for the Brahala community. Mm. And uh he was, he was very happy about that message, I think. I don't know if... Uh, did, how many people know that that was a thing? Like, is this, like... Uh, as far as, like, you reaching out to Foda and and talking to him about how things were going at NSEG? Nobody knew except Sandwick and Foda. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. It, you guys have put a lot of work into into building what what Insig has kind of come to be and part of the reason that I wanted to have both of you on the show is just so that the people that aren't aware of like how much effort and how much work goes into making Insig what it is like you guys get an opportunity to kind of really talk about it and so that everybody can understand um kind of like what that level of effort is um and how how much work you guys put in to like not just the community or the discord or the tournaments or like like all of these things together like it's a lot of it's a lot of stuff that you guys do so uh i'm, I'm happy that i was able to get both of you on because it's funny i i before before i talked to sandwick um recently and asked if uh, he would be cool to have both of you on at the same time, uh, which of course he was. Um, I had not really considered the the idea of having multiple guests on at once. I was like, oh, I was just going to be one person, and I would just have contrast on at a different time. Um, but then later in the season, we have uh, another episode booked for um, another multi multi guest episode, which is going to be kind of a really big deal. And so after after I booked that episode, I was like, yo, there's no reason why I shouldn't have both you and Sandwick on at the same time. Uh, because, like, you guys 
have been best friends for longer than Brawlhalla has existed. And you both are like the originators of Insig. Like it makes perfect sense to just have you on together. So I'm glad that we were able to work this out to have you both on at the same time and kind of dive deep into Insig a bit. Um, so before I move on from Insig, do you guys have anything else that you want to add about um, community tournaments? Community tournaments? Uh... Or community or tournaments or like the community itself or tournaments? Just like in, in general? Just in general. Anything that we oh, haven't covered? I, I've, I've had this whole spout in my head for like 20 minutes. Not 20 minutes, like three days now. So I think for, for us having this ambition of like wanting to make our community tournaments look really good has like for the better helped like to raise our like respect as like NSIG as like a group in general. Mm -hmm. But it also kind of upsets me a tiny bit that like almost no one shares really that same ambition of like wanting to make cool stuff like out of that like it's very rare to see like especially for like live shows in general for like live content with brahala mm -hmm. it's almost like no group or anybody does it and it's especially like apparent for tournaments like i feel like these names of like nsig brawl league ssl moose wars have been like the same names out here since like three or four years now mm -hmm. but it's almost like no one really has like that passion or like that drive to go crazy for whatever reason if it's more so of like a knowledge reason i i i hope they like reach out to like uh, like me or contrast or anybody else of like wanting to make more cool stuff happen because i think this game especially for tournaments like deserves a lot more like passion and care behind it in terms of like community level events um because like even the stuff that i'm seeing now from other people is like very similar to like back in 2018 2019 of just like have this caster scene have this gameplay scene. Okay, boom, done. And I'm, I'm not telling people to like make this full show looking thing, like spectacular robust thing. But like, I feel like there's a lot more tools and accessibility out there to make cool stuff happen. Uh, not even just like in live events, but even outside of it of like making cool communities or, or like cool content that as of now, I don't really see anybody doing, or it's like a repeat of like what NSIC was back in 2018, 2019. Uh, which does kind of suck. I do hope people like try to take advantage of like that drive and motivation to want to make cool stuff uh, for Brawlhalla, especially with uh, community events to like just go all out with it. I think there's kind there's... of like levels to these things, right? There's like uh, the people that are on level one that are doing like entry level stuff where it's just like you have start GG, you've got a stream, you maybe have some casters, that's level one. And then there's like level two is that plus a little bit of production quality maybe sprinkled on top. And then like the next level above that is probably where I think I would say NSIG is as far as like the level of production and the effort that you guys put into like the events that you put on and things like that. And then you've got like the actual like professional tier stuff that's above that, which is the actual Prahala Esports uh, style events that are produced by the actual team over at bmg and things like that yeah does that make sense uh in a way i feel like a lot of people can already like I, maybe this is a bit brunt of a of a thing to say a lot of people can replicate at least like the online only formats of rahala stuff they can replicate those for like a very very small amount of money granted it would be like way more work and stuff to do you wouldn't have like as much automation and like 
ease of getting stuff set up. But at least in my case, when I was getting tournaments set up back in like 2021, 2020, it was literally just me grinding out Photoshop and paint.net, <laughs> putting those on OBS and then manually switching stuff out. Like, you know how like in, in Brawlhalla streams, right? They have like a player stat scenes where they show like all their, like the golds, the silvers, the bronzes, yeah. right? We didn't have like a way to read all of that information uh which the brawl streams normally do like obviously there's no one there that's manually typing in every single number right they have stuff like makes it easier for them but i would literally go into photoshop and like manually put every single number for every single graphic for every potential like 1v1 that could happen all while live and i mean it does the same effect it's a lot more work but you can replicate what gets shown on the screen the back end doesn't matter as long as like you get that same effect of like oh this is what the Brahalla stream does. And I'm seeing it here on this like small community tournament level. That's it. That's all the viewers really care about. Right. Uh, I think, so I think connecting that to like the level uh, metaphor you had, I feel like people could get to like that level three of like where the groups are right now, just obviously with a little bit more work with having to like manually do everything, but they could get to that level, like, like relatively easy in my opinion. You know, like back in the day, in like our earlier tournaments, me and Sandwick, we would go through the entire list of attendees for our tournaments, go through like all the power rank players and manually make, like in Photoshop, we would manually type out their PR, their earnings, yeah. and or their medals for every, yeah. like, every single power rank player in the attendee list. And we would, even if they're not going to show up on stream, if they may show up on stream, we would make one for them just in case they do and yeah. that was like that was kind of you, you know what it was it was a lot more work but it it showed people like yo this looks really sick like i i haven't seen this outside of like the mainstream i want to keep watching these tournaments that's the effect that we give off and then we're just like okay but the problem is i don't see that anywhere else really outside of like again the major groups that are doing events right now i don't really see that at the community level which kind of sucks I mean, I think that's a lot of that's a lot of effort, right? It's a lot more effort than, yeah. <laughs> than oh, people. It's a, it's a lot of unnecessary effort. I, I do want to say though that a uh, Sandwick is one of the most hardworking people I've ever met in my life, Aww. and uh, I, I take <laughs> I take full responsibility for unlocking this production beast because oh, our, first yeah. <laughs> our, our first tournament was my idea, right? I was I was gonna stream it myself, and Sandra came to me and he asked me if he could stream it, and I was like, "Sure, bro, whatever." <laughs> like I told her, "Yeah, you can stream it. We'll call you production, whatever." And like we put we put a lot of effort into that one tournament, but after that one tournament, like, and you could tell in his brain, he wanted to do better. He wanted to yeah. do more. Like we were gonna do another tournament. He wanted to make sure that tournament was way better than the last one and the mm -hmm. one after that would be way better than the last one like etc and we would keep going and he always wanted to do more and more you could tell with every single tournament his production level like the quality just increased tenfold at least every every single time we did one it, it was pretty crazy to see in real time yeah it it, it kind of sucks there's a straight that i have to where it's like i'll do a stream and then people go to me, they're like, yo, this this like this stuff looks like super sick and super cool. I'm like, 
eh, it was okay. It could be better. Like, I don't even say that. Try to be on some, like, cool stuff either. I genuinely just feel, like, upset sometimes about, like, how a stream might go. And I'm just like, I mean, it was good, but I can make this better. I don't think I've ever had, like, a satisfying stream. But the trade-off is, like, again, we're able to make, like, cooler stuff, I guess. So I don't mind it, like, too, too much. But that kind of lasted from, like, again, when I did my first tournament to now. I think that, like... I think that, like, core hunger to always do better than the last time is really important for any kind of creative or, or like, significant endeavor like this, right? You have to... If, if you're not improving, you're stagnating. And if you're stagnating, people are going to stop watching. Like, that's kind of the reality of it, right? And, like, yeah. the only way to keep... The only way to keep increasing viewership is to always try to do it bigger and better than the last time. And if you ever hit that peak and you feel like you're kind of there, why would they come back the next time if you don't feel like you can make things better? Yeah. So, I mean, I think that's just in general kind of a good attitude to have on things. So, while you may not feel like you've had a satisfying stream or a satisfying event, um just always knowing that you can do better yeah is probably the motivation to continue right oh that it's like that and then just people saying like yo this stream was cool this stream was sick like as long as i see that i'm like yeah okay i did my job because ultimately what i think of a stream that looks cool is like whatever that's like maybe 20 percent of like what i actually care about like in a production mm -hmm. if like if i can make even like a top player who's watched Brawlhalla for like seven or eight years say like willingly put their effort into going to chat and like laughing about something that happened on stream or something cool that happened you're making a person who's watched eight years of Brawlhalla emotionally get attached to something competitive mm -hmm. related that which is like that's a very hard thing to do that is a very very hard thing to do no I agree especially for the people that have been in it for so long yeah it's it's really difficult um Let's talk a little bit about Brawlhalla itself uh, for a little bit. Um, what? So you you both started into 2015, you said before, right? What was yeah. kind of like your gameplay experience in Brawlhalla like when you first started? How long did it take you to go from like, oh, we're just kind of like fooling around in this game that we found to I am invested i'm progressing we're climbing the ladder like we're you're actually starting to see improvement like what's the sort of the time scale there uh i'll let yeah i'll, I'll let conscious answer this one so it, it was actually at a pretty it, it was a pretty different timeline for both of us so when we started we were just it was with us two and a bunch of irl friends and we would play free for all a lot of free for all and uh at some point, uh, we started doing 1v1s, like, against each other. And not to brag, but, you know, I, I was the best in the friend group. <laughs> but uh, we, we would always just start, like, 1v1ing with each other. He's on, like, by the way. No, I'm not. <laughs> and, uh, we, we just started, like, playing a lot more. And there was some point where we ended up doing a tournament. Like, it was, like, 12 of us. Just IRL friends, we did, like, an in a tournament in our friend group that was kind of fun and um i, I want to say at that point i started like grinding rank because i was like oh yeah i like this game 
Like I'm, I'm gonna get good at it. This was season one, and I I was grinding hard. I had I want to say over a thousand wins in season one, and I was like low diamond, probably like eleven hundred wins, low diamond. And uh, by the time the next few seasons rolled out, it was it started pushing into like 2017, 2018. By then, I was I was starting to hit 23, 2400, just because I was mainly grinding with my friends, One Oz and Spigums at the time. They were like the main reasons that I got pretty good at the game. And um, by the, yeah, by 2019, I was a pretty good player. I was getting top 32s and majors in 2019 and 2020. And uh, that was when Sandwich started to catch up to me. So we started teaming in twos. We played a lot of 2v2 tournaments together. We got top 16 a couple of times. Got a lot of top 32s, but never really kind of broke into that that top eight area that I wanted to at one point. And I, I kind of just fell off and started focusing more on NSIG than anything. So like Brawlhalla related, because I was, I was mainly focused on school. And I realized I don't have enough time to try to go pro anymore. So yeah. I gave up. No, that's that's fair and understandable. Um, how about you, Sandwick? How did you, how did your beginnings um, in Brawlhalla start? So yeah, similar start to where it was just like I was playing free for all and whatnot back in like 2015, 2016. Uh, Contrast was a lot more of like the ranked grinder, the esports type of person, but I was still like playing a lot more free for all with like our IRL friends and whatnot. I wasn't really like doing much. Uh, until I want to say like early 2017. That's when I think I entered Winter Champs. That was like my my first tournament. Uh, I got like some horrendous placement, like 256, 193. I, I don't know, some somewhere in the triple digits. Uh, and I started playing ranked for like a lot. I want to say uh, I didn't look at like replays or anything either. I was just like one of those players who would like constantly play the game. It wasn't like. Like, I wouldn't even play, like, a single character. I wouldn't have, like, a game plan in mind. I would just play, 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 play ranked, like, all the time. Just clock it in. Which did result in me, like, I'm going to play catch-up for, like, a longer time. But eventually, in, like, late 2018, 2019, uh, Contrast and I teamed. We would play, like, a ton of twos tournaments on, like, Hammer. Uh, we played, like, Bodvar Koji. We would look at, like, what Ithro and uh, Noel were doing when they were teaming. Um, but we would kind of, like, mirror their comps for a bit. We got like 17, 13, and then after a bit, Contrast stopped playing the game uh, around like, what, 20, like mid 2020? I, I, know, I, I know it was like a bit after after CEO, the online one, unfortunately. Yeah, the, yeah, this online CEO, we got like 13th, and I want to say that a little bit after that is when we stopped playing. We got top 32 at the BCX as well like the online bcx and then the oh slate. yeah i forgot about that yeah after, after yeah. that is when i like retired fully yeah so contrast like stopped playing after that time but i was still like very much into ones because at that point that's when i got like insanely addicted into like playing ones a lot i want to say around like 2020 uh that's kind of like where the whole 33rd curse i guess of like the whole community came up I think I, I think now I, I had like up to like 13 or 14. It, it was like bad, but it kind of became this meme of like, no matter who you fought in bracket, like no matter who you fought in bracket, it didn't matter. 
if you fought Sandwick for top 32, it was like, oh, okay, it's a given. And <laughs> there were still there were still people that were like cheering me on, which is like pretty sick. Uh, but I, I was like heart stuck there for like a good like one or two years, which was in retrospect still tragic because like you notice like a lot of people by their their like third or fourth tournament they'll like usually get it down. But again, I was like someone who was just playing the game just for playing the game. Mm-hmm. It wasn't really to like get good or anything up until like way later on so it was like 2021 i started like kind of changing up the way like i approached the game like competitively i started like okay what's up with like the meta like what characters are good what are top players doing and that's when i really like got in my bag of like trying to learn how the game works and i still didn't get like the placements that i wanted but i was like definitely getting smarter about the game i was like becoming way more aware and keep in mind that's that's after me playing the game for like three to four years of just like nothing of just straight up playing ranked or whatever right so 2021 i start like looking into the game like trying to get smarter with it uh passes by to i think like early 2022 and we're doing like events i'm in my first job i think so i'm like 13 hours almost every day just either on brawl or doing some like other responsibility with like school or whatever uh and that's between like running and six so it would be like let, let, let's go through like a typical day of like 2021 like competing right so i would like wake up go to school for like maybe like five or six hours come back practice brawl manage something like NSIG related go to work or something and then uh like just end the day like that and it would go on forever forever and forever and it was like pretty unsustainable it was like really bad um but that persisted for a few and it happened until like 2022 of may when legit out of nowhere uh i get a dm from from toast i remember i was in a vc with Mbala, just like on a regular like regular morning i get a dm from toast he's like yo do you want to work on a seasonal i'm like me he's like yeah i'm like oh okay let's go so a lot of uh my stuff competitively like completely went to the left road and i started doing like production for for uh for like the brahala channel and like really getting into my bag there but i hadn't necessarily like quit on playing competitive either i was trying to like mix in between like practicing for both Mm -hmm. so i would say like after springs 2022 i got that dm and then the rest of that year was just straight up like me not playing competitive at all i would still play ranked a lot but i wouldn't really practice as much but uh I would like be a lot more invested into production, which inadvertently, I think that helped me a little bit because I stopped playing the game so much and I would quite literally be forced to watch gameplay like almost all the time. I, I, True. Would, I would, I literally put in a position where I'm getting paid to watch top gameplay. So at that point, at that point, I'm just like, okay, I can't really compete in seasonals. I'm just going to like get what I can get out of it. Right. And I would constantly, like, keep myself up with, like, what players were doing good, like, who was doing good, what was in the meta, like, what what were, like, what was going on with balance, etc. I was just keeping myself constantly updated and updated. So, the rest of 2022, I don't really compete. And then, it was 2023, Winters, I think I played singles. That was, like, my first seasonal or, like, tournament ever back. I got, like, 33rd, I want to say, again. But that was off the pre- the premise of me not playing for like nine to ten months. So I'm like, okay, clearly I'm not washed and players got better. So there's like something I could cook up with, right? 
Uh, Springs, I didn't play because I did the seasonals for both the weekends for singles and doubles. And then I think San Diego happened. San Diego? Well, bro, San Diego was a trip. Uh, I, I mean, it, it was my first LAN of like actually competing since I think like CEO 2019. Okay. But at that point, I knew like a lot more people. So it was a lot more of just me going out for fun and less about how I placed. I think I still placed like 49th after going like one in three with simple and phase on uh, EU simple, not NA simple, thankfully. Uh, I went one in three with both of them. And that's when I was like, okay, I need to like change how I think about the game again, right? Again, I, I was still positive in the sense of like, I hadn't got washed. I wasn't like really bad. I just needed to like practice and think more. And then Dallas happened. And then that's when I got like the placement I wanted. I got 25th. Bro, I still think that pop off, uh, <laughs> not necessarily the pop off. I think I, the, that's like the hardest a crowd has ever popped off in like any Brawlhalla yeah. thing ever. Yeah, that was that was pretty crazy. It, it, it was really crazy. Uh, that tournament happened. And then at that point, I was just like, uh, well, I, I finished what I wanted to do. And then I get hit up again. And they're like, hey, do you want to like work for Brawlhalla with like video editing? I'm like, me. <laughs> like, yeah i'm like okay sure so that's what i'm doing ever since now but i don't know how and a lot a lot of my friends have told me this too they are very confused on how i just did not quit at all after getting like really bad placements mm. and this is the part where someone's supposed to tell you some motivational thing i don't know i'm just a very crazy person i i don't know uh but i played for like seven years got my placement and even now I still want to compete. I feel like there's a lot of like new stuff I want to try with uh, getting into tournaments, but I'm way more lax about it now. Just like if it happens, it happens. If it doesn't, it doesn't. But at, at least competitively as a player, or not even competitive, but just in general for like Brahalla, uh, I'm very much just like invested in the esports scene a lot more, like as I was before. I think as far as like being being concerned about how someone doesn't quit, like. If, if you're really passionate about something, you just kind of want to keep pushing for it, right? And I know for a long time, you really just wanted that top 32, right? Yeah. And so it makes sense, in my mind, why, why someone would keep kind of sticking with it, especially if you're that close, like 33rd over and over again. This is just a matter of like, what is the one thing that you've got to change in order to make the breakthrough, right? Mm -hmm. So... Yeah, I I don't think that's I don't think that's crazy at all. When you got the uh, so Dallas was Dallas was nuts the the top thirty two and the pop off and everything. When you got that placement, where at that point were you like, okay, I'm kind of satisfied with competing, or now do you want to just do you want to see if you can push farther? I was maybe satisfied for like twenty minutes after that, <laughs> and then I fought Cutie, and then I was like back to reality, but uh even now it's like i mean i got to, i got top 32 that get, that like set but like top 32 is whatever like there's still 16th there's eight yeah seventh fifth third second there's like more places to go i want to get better i want to play sire um so i wouldn't say i'm like fully content with it i'm just not like as hungry as i was like three years ago when i wanted like to get that placement because like now it's like i know how to approach the game a lot smarter True. than before i'm not like desperately like trolling erroring it i guess let's bring it back to uh uh when you were first 
when both of you were first like really getting good like and and you can see and like feel your improvement starting like how how did you actually learn how to play the game and like were there any like resources that you used um any guides any like coaching anything like did you take advantage of anything like that contrast uh i really just watched a lot of top level gameplay like throughout all of 2017 2018 2019 i was there i was watching every single tournament that was happening north north american europe lens i was watching everything all top level gameplay that i could digest i, I was watching it and i was i was trying to replicate all, all the all the players i liked like sandwich sandwich mentioned earlier that we would play twos and we would just copy top players comps because that's what we would do like back then we would copy noel and i throw and we would play koji bodvar and just do the exact same combo that they did and then later on when noel and i mean when captain i throw started teaming we started copying them with the double bodvar and uh, i was pretty much just like watching a lot of top level gameplay and sparring a lot with my friends because my friends were really good so I, I would play a lot with them like the people the people that were in nsig that was pretty much it for me how about you sandwich when you when you really started to kind of like improve at the game was there anything specific that you were doing any uh any resources that you were learning from so there wasn't really a lot of resources back then you look at like a lot of this stuff now in uh like just in this year last year alone with how many educational stuff has been out especially from like let's say stingray right i think it's a little side tangent, but we'll get to it. We'll get back to the question. Uh, like educational content and just getting better at the game in general from external resources has gone up like a lot more uh, this year and last mm -hmm. year uh, from like Stingray and other people. Uh, but for my time, there wasn't really anything there. So what me and like Contrast and like a ton of other players do is just, yeah, we would just like watch pro play gameplay. In my case, I didn't at all. I just played ranked again. I would just like spam ranks. I would spar contrast and other like players and just like keep myself in the game as long as possible. Uh, then I think I started watching top gameplay around like, like three years into like playing competitive. So like 2020, 2021, that's when I really got like into the analytical side of stuff. But in terms of like using resources externally, there wasn't, that didn't really happen. It was just like the old fashioned way of watch gameplay, spar people, Look back at your stuff and then rinse yep. and repeat. Gotcha. All right. Uh, we're getting in the last sort of like few minutes of the show. Uh, so I've got a couple or at least one more um, kind of oddball question for you. For the people that don't know, because actually I don't know uh, either of the, for either of you, uh, how did you come up with your gamer tags? Like where did contrast come from? We'll start with you. <laughs> <laughs> I was really hoping this would come up. <laughs> okay. There is absolutely no meaning to my name. I just like the word. I thought it was cool, so I stuck with it. Okay. That was it. He's I mean, easy enough. How about yeah. you, sandwich? So you ever get hungry one time in the morning? You want a really good sandwich for True. breakfast? So that was no. me. <laughs> so that was me. I woke up. I went to make like a like a ham and cheese sandwich. I'm like, I need a name change. Let's make it like sandwich. It's like without the H and it's cool. And I just stuck with it. 
for like three or four years. That's that's amazing. Yeah, that, there's <laughs> there is nothing deep to it. No rebrand coming in the future for Sandwaker Contrast. Oh, I tried, I tried, I tried, I tried, I tried, I tried yeah, so it's, it's much. Too late for this guy. It's Jeez. so late. <laughs> I bro, when he first when he first made the name Sandwick, I'm like, dog, you need to change that now. <laughs> and then he's like, I will, I will eventually. And then he ended up making a name for himself as Sandwick. So like now it's too late. It's too late. Everybody knows you as Sandwick now. There's no escaping yeah. it. There's just no bro. It, it, it makes me more pissed that people say sandwich. They see the name without the H they're like, oh, sandwich, thank you for the follow. I'm like, bro, come on. <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah. All right. Uh, well, we're going to wrap up about there. Do you guys have anything that you want to shout out? Any events coming up? Uh, anything that NSIG's doing that you want to talk about or anything that you individually are doing that you'd like people to know um, about? Well, wish us luck in getting partnered if you're watching this podcast like a year from now and we're not partnered uh we would have dismantled ntig and everything we wouldn't like be on socials anymore all that oh yeah i mean the past like month or so we've pretty much just been spamming twitch streams trying to get partnered and uh we we finally reached reach the analytics that we need so we're actually about to put in our application after this after we finish this now so that's awesome oh, well hopefully if, if twitch like updated it i, I, yeah. I haven't i haven't checked that all yet but i'm gonna assume it like ours it usually takes like 24 to 48 hours to get the analytics updated right yeah they yeah. update the average viewers but the the day streamed is taking its time i haven't gotcha. checked this though so yeah, yeah, yeah. well good luck with your partner application hopefully it goes well and then yeah. i mean now that you guys have hit the thresholds you can kind of just keep keep up the, the momentum even if you get rejected the first time you just keep up the momentum and reapply every so often so yeah cool any other uh, NSIG events coming up i mean we have an sca showdown going on we do sca tournaments every single month i'm pretty sure at this point we're the only people doing sca tournaments maybe okay. question mark i don't know i guess i i wish we had time to talk about sca bro that's a whole other thing that's super cool, but <laughs> I'll, I'll, speed, I'll speed it up a little bit. Just being able to do like uh, tournaments for SCA for like a region that normally doesn't really get like a ton of attention. Uh, it's been super fun to do. So if you want to support them, we do SCA tournaments every single month, SCA Showdown. Uh, just check it out whenever there's one that happens in case you're watching this a year from now. Cool. All right. Sandwich Contrast, thank you both very much for coming on. Uh, have a good one. All right. Thanks for watching episode two of Brahala Origins. Episode three comes out next week on October 2nd. Our next guest is Kosalix. Leave a comment on YouTube or tweet at me with the hashtag Brahala Origins to let me know your thoughts on the show and ask questions for next week's guest. I'm happy to share that season one's guests have all been decided. After this season is finished, I'll be taking a break to work on some other content and deciding who I would like to have on for season two. So please keep sending in your guest requests. And as always, if you enjoy this and want to see more, please subscribe and share. Don't forget to check out BrawlAcademy.com. Thanks.